Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It's your friend, it's your fellow mourner, it's Andrew Zimmel hanging out with you after a 65-7 loss in the national championship by the TCU Horn Frogs. There's a lot to get into in this one. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you if you watched the entire game, if you sat through the entire thing. More power to you because I know a lot of TCU fans, I know a lot of college football fans that were turning it off after the second quarter. A lot of guys checked out at halftime. This was one of the most ugly football games, one of the most one-sided games that I've ever seen. I actually had to call my dad at one point during this game which I never do. Normally what I do is I seclude myself from the rest of the world. I might have a laptop or a phone on me for Twitter, but for the most part, I just watch the game. And in a game like this, I want to listen to the announcers. I want to hear Herb Street. I want to hear Fowler. I want to hear what they're saying on the broadcast because that's how you get smarter. And maybe they know something I don't, which is totally, totally possible with a national championship. They might have some insight for me. In this game, not really. So I ended up having to call my dad in the second quarter and asking him what was the worst blowout that he remembers. And neither one of us can come up with anything that's as close to the 65-7 loss that Georgia put on TCU. I do want to put it in here, though, that according to this website that I found, CrimsonTideNews.com, they did the most lopsided bowl games in history, and the game that was most similar to this national championship was a 56-point loss Bowling Green suffered at the hands of Tulsa in uh, 2007. Paul Paul Smith, I should say, that was Tulsa's quarterback, 312 yards and 5 TDs, which is almost what Stetson Bennett did to uh, the Horned Frogs in this game. 18-25, 304 yards, 4 TDs. He also rushed for Two touchdowns as well. Three rushing attempts, 39 yards, two TDs. So six total touchdowns. He ties Joe Burrow's record for bowl game touchdowns. Um, Let's start from the beginning, okay? Coming into this game, we mentioned, we had talked about how TCU, the game plan to win this was you got to run the ball well against Georgia. You want to take an early lead if possible you got to execute the game plan that Garrett Riley and the offensive staff would have to create a great script to start this game and then build on it from there. But it felt like everything that went right against Michigan went wrong against Georgia, which is totally fair. That's totally something that could happen. I thought that the team, the TCU beat in the Fiesta Bowl, the Michigan Wolverines, undefeated, Big Ten champions, a lot of things went right for TCU. Two pick sixes. Okay, almost flawless football from the offense. A lot of things went right to get past Michigan. And for Georgia, you knew if you wanted to win this game, you had to play perfect. You had to get rid of all of the excuses, get rid of all the missteps, because if you have even a single inch, and I said this multiple times this week, if you give up an inch to the Georgia Bulldogs, they will take a mile on you. And that's exactly what they did to TCU. That's exactly what they did to TCU. They took, TCU gave them an inch, and they took a mile. All right? So TCU's first offensive possession, three plays, two yards, and a punt. From that point, I said to myself, okay, 
I don't like the way this offense looks on the first set of scripted plays. What are we going to get coming out? Well, Georgia takes the ball 57 yards, five plays to score a little under three minutes on that first scoring drive of the game. Georgia took the ball, immediately shoved it down TCU's throat. And then this is what I'm talking about. Going down 10-0 to Georgia after a fumble on the second offensive possession. You can't make mistakes like this against Georgia, and that's exactly what TCU did. Now, they scored their only touchdown in the first quarter to cut the lead to 3, 10-7. That's the last time that TCU would score. That's the last time TCU would get close to scoring. This game... If you ran this game back a hundred times, I think TCU has a good chance of winning 30 of them. But 70% of the time, Georgia is more athletic, Georgia's faster, Georgia's stronger, and gotta give it to them. The game plan against TCU was nearly flawless for the Bulldogs. Everything and anything Stetson Bennett wanted to do against this TCU defense, he was able to do it. And that, I think, is the thing that made me the most sick, okay, is the fact that no matter where Bennett was throwing the ball, he seemed to have a tight end, he seemed to have a receiver just in the area. And there was a couple plays where TCU's secondary, I don't know what you're doing. I, I have no idea what TCU's secondary was doing, especially in the first half. Giving up huge chunk plays to the Georgia wide receiver core. What is going on? A 3 by 3 defense that worked great against Michigan, right? We said this. The Big Ten, they want to play smash-mouth football. They want to run the ball on you, right? TCU, are they undersized? Are they going to be strong enough on the offensive line? Is the Fiesta Bowl, they look fine. They look great against Michigan. And having a secondary with five guys back there able to shut down any type of passing game, break up any J.J. McCarthy pass, right? Worked out great, okay? Looked incredible. And then in this game, secondary was asleep at the wheel. I don't know what was going on. I don't know what was happening. And it's not like there's an excuse like you have for bowl season for some of these teams. Where you play your last game early December, late November. Then you go into bowl season. You might have two, three weeks off. You can say it's rust. You can say that, hey, you know... We overthought it. We, we had too many schemes we were trying to implement. Guys got confused. Maybe guys have their head in the clouds. But what I didn't like to hear was Sonny Dykes saying at halftime that his team looks scared to play. Okay? I don't like that watching the pregame show, I, I said this to somebody. I said, I, I believe TCU can win, but the reason I believe TCU can win is because I know the game plan that's going to take them to win. And I don't think a lot of the national media, I don't think a lot of the national college football writers who did a really good job writing features, who did a really good job of trying to sum up what TCU was going to look like in this game, I don't think they knew what TCU would have to do to win this game. Because the amount of people I saw take TCU as a 13.5 point underdog on some books to win this game outright was a head scratcher. Because I knew that it was an uphill battle. I knew that this was like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro for the TCU Horned Frogs to win this game. And I tried to express to you guys last week, and I expressed to you guys in the preview podcast, that I think that there's a real case for TCU to win this game. But that you have to execute. 
And that's not what the Horned Frogs did tonight. And I feel most bad for Max Duggan, who, after having a runner-up season for the Heisman, after having a season where he started on the bench, comes in to replace the starting quarterback, has one of the best single seasons in TCU Horned Frog history as a quarterback, okay? Leads this Horned Frogs team into one of the best Big 12 seasons. Okay, this is the first Big 12 team to play in the national championship since the Texas Longhorns in 2009. But the difference is, is that 2009 Texas Longhorn team, when Colt McCoy went down, has somehow played better. Okay, somehow had a better shot of winning the game against Alabama than TCU had tonight. And look, I... I, I, I thought about doing this podcast 10, 13 different ways. Okay. I, I, I thought about like, okay, how do we come, how do we tackle the fact that this game was over at halftime? Okay. You're down 38 to 7 going into the break. And TCU is the only team in NFL or in, uh, in college football history to come back from 35 points down. Remember when they did it against Oregon in the Alamo Bowl? Okay. There was a chance. This is a team that has pedigree of coming back. But against Georgia, no way. No way against Georgia. And this this has to be stated. Georgia's the better team. They were the better team coming into this game. And TCU just didn't did not show up. The Horned Frogs did not show up to the national championship, which I think is the worst part. But Max Duggan, 14 to 22, 152 yards, two interceptions on the game, 10 carries. He got sacked a bunch, 38, I should say, negative 38 yards. He also had a rushing touchdown as well. And five sacks. For the Georgia defense. That was the other thing that really caught caught my eye. TCU couldn't run the ball. TCU 38 rushing yards in this game. After having 100 plus rushing yards against Michigan. After having a thousand yard rusher. And Crowdrey Miller. Who didn't play in this game. To be completely you know. You think that maybe he would have some impact. You know you need every single player that you can get. To be playing for TCU. In a national championship, he couldn't suit up. He couldn't play. That's no. That's no shade to him. Okay, you you would like to think that having him suiting up for TCU would have made a difference, but I don't know if it would have. TCU couldn't run the ball. Georgia ate up the run. Said we're not going to let you do that. And then the passing game just wasn't there. The amount of three and outs. That TCU had in the first half. It was every time that you looked up at your screen. If you went and picked up a sandwich. If you went out at halftime. To go get dinner with your family. right, Or with your friends. And you came back. The entire second half was a punt fest. For TCU. I think that. I'm going to double check this. I think Georgia only punted. Once in this game. Yeah. TCU. Georgia punted once in a national championship. Georgia punted once in the national championship. 
The question was asked during the post game with Fowler and uh, Herb Street, or uh, not even the post game. It was like I think uh, like four minutes left in the fourth quarter. They were asking, "What does this mean for Big Twelve football going forward?" And I don't know. I, I, I today, tonight, as we're recording this podcast, I can't tell you where Big Twelve football goes from here. In realignment and everything else, I like the recruits that are coming in. And I love Sonny Dykes and his coaching staff, but I don't know where you go from here if you're the Big 12. Because this isn't just a TCU problem. This was a Lincoln-Riley problem, too. Okay, Lincoln-Riley's Oklahoma teams had that fatal flaw of not playing defense. And in this game against Georgia, I think that the TCU defense is head and shoulders better than any Oklahoma defense that the Sooners ever put on the field when they were going to the playoffs. It didn't show tonight. It didn't look that way tonight. And I I just, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 and the schools that are coming back in, I think TCU has a real good shot at repeating as Big 12 champions next year. I think they have a real good shot of making the 12-team playoff. Shoot, if they did a 14-team playoff, I think TCU could make it again next year. And I think at the end of the season when they do the ratings, I think TCU is going to be a top-10 team finishing in the uh, college football playoff rankings in the coaches' poll and the media poll. I think they'll end up being a top-10 team, which is exactly where they should be. But the fans of other teams tonight who are saying TCU shouldn't have been in this game, I don't agree with them. TCU won the Fiesta Bowl, had one of the best regular seasons this season. But I understand where they're coming from. I get where they're coming from because Ohio State played Georgia real close. TCU beat Michigan by six points. Okay. Tell me Alabama loses 65 to 7. Right? That's I I don't agree with them, but I understand where they're coming from. Okay. I don't agree with it. I think TCU deserved to be in this game. They earned the right to be in the national championship. And I'm not a big ratings guy. I've never been a big television ratings guy to determine if it's success or a failure. I've never been that. You know, college football, NFL, NBA, sports, they're unique to a sitcom on CBS. Okay, ratings do not tell the whole story on these games. All right, in a Monday night football game, a college football game on a Monday night on the East Coast, when it's almost midnight when this game gets done normally, I understand where like the ratings would don't really tell the whole story. 38 to 7 at halftime. I'm depressed. Because this is a great season. Okay? TCU had the best season that they've had since 1938. They've had the best season they've had since they won their last national championship. This is a team that all year in the Big 12 was overlooked, was disrespected, they shouldn't have lost the Big 12 championship. That's going to be something that's going to be hounding Sonny Dykes all offseason is that they should have been Big 12 champions this year. That Kansas State has a trophy in their case that they don't deserve. That TCU should have won that uh, trophy this year. And I said last week that winning the Fiesta Bowl is the de facto Big 12 championship. right? Where that hole is in the trophy case where you don't have your Big 12 championship, you put your Fiesta Bowl championship there. And this is a great season. 
This is a successful season for TCU. A successful season for a private school in Fort Worth, Texas. That is doesn't get the money that Texas has. Doesn't have the money that A&M has. I would argue in some cases doesn't have the money that SMU has had in the past. Okay, the, the fact that TCU is playing in this game is a testament to the athletic director, is a testament to Sonny Dykes and his offensive staff and his coaching staff in general. The fact that they got to this point is a success for the TCU season. But to say the national championship was a success, to say that this game encapsulates the entire TCU season is false. Because I've seen the Horn Frogs play better than this. I knew the Horn Frogs were better than the final score of this game. And you know it too. You know it too. If you're a Horn Frog fan at home, you know it too. That a 65 to 7 loss to the Georgia Bulldogs is not is not how good this team was all year. But maybe Georgia is that much better than TC. I don't think so, but maybe they are. Okay? Maybe they are. 65 to 7 better than TCU. I don't think they are. But you got to give hats off to Stetson Bennett. You got to give hats off to Kirby Smart and everybody over there, Jordan. The recruiting is incredible. This is a dynasty. They won two in a row. You know, Clemson, they came up and they came down. Alabama, they've had this sustained run of 20 years. We'll never never see anything like this again. What Alabama has done in the last 20 years, never again will will it be replicated. Comp- it never happens again. What they've done in the Nick Saban era, okay. What Georgia's doing these last two years, and what they're gonna do in the next three, they're gonna have a five-year run here where they're going to be the most talented team on both sides of the football, and it's gonna be it's gonna have to be an SEC team that knocks them off, or it's gonna have to be TCU really recruiting. And I'm not talking about getting offensive weapons. I'm not talking about going to get an offensive lineman. And we talk we've we talked in the past on this podcast, and we'll talk about it on in the future podcast about recruits that are coming in. The transfer trail. We'll hit that next week. Okay. The transfer trail. Who's coming in? What do we like, right? You gotta find a way to get defensive players on the field. You have to find a way. Because in this game, that was the difference. Was that Georgia's defense was A+, and TCU's defense was still in Fort Worth. Defense didn't get off the bus. That, that to me, is a huge, huge reason in this game. Georgia rushed for 254 yards and five touchdowns against the TCU defense. Almost 300 yards and five touchdowns against a defense that was able to suffocate a smash-mouth Big Ten team. That's the difference. This team is just better. This team is just better. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Hypnotoad podcast as we've gone through this TCU football season. Now, the plan going forward is that we are going to continue to hit Big topics for TCU. We're going to still cover TCU athletics. We're, we're still going to kick butt. The basketball team is doing good stuff. The football team continues to get transfers and recruits. We will keep you updated on all of that. We'll keep you updated on all the fun stuff happening in Fort Worth, happening with the Horn Frogs. 
And I'm with you after this loss. We're together in this. We're crying in our beer together because we're better than this. We'll be back. We'll be back. Mark it down. Andrew Zimmel, January 9th, 2023. We'll be back. That's going to do it for the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.